And we're off to the races again. Happy New Year. Clink. Now it's official. Ah. That's spicy. Sorry, no, that's not a thing. He's a spicy one. He's a picante. That's how they say it in Mexico. I don't know how they say it in Cuba, <coughs> so it's probably the same word. I think that's a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. That's not a knife. That's not Pax East. This is Pax East. In Australia, snakes are a part of everyday life. I hear in Australia. <laughs> I have screwed up the life part. I, that was Matthew McConaughey life I said there. <laughs> well, that's, that's what life is. I believe those Aussies, they have their own Pax. We're not there yet. Nope. What no. about, does Matthew McConaughey have his own Pax? That's the question. If Matthew McConaughey falls in the woods, does an Aussie hear it? Only if he has his shirt on, <laughs> which never happens. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Crashcast, episode seven. Seven? That's not right. What number is it? Seventy-three. Seventy million. Seventeen thousand d hundred breast boobies. What? Uh, what number is I'm this? I'm still just thinking about Matthew McConaughey's chest. So. I'm just thinking about breastesses. And he has those? No, I was thinking about a cute... Uh, I don't know. Maybe No. Matthew McConaughey has breasts. Way, he's no. a, you know, he's a human. He's he's way too skinny to have breasts. I was thinking of... <laughs> you know what you know, I was was thinking of? I was thinking of the weird mannequins at the... Uh, <laughs> at the fucking... We, um, we, we, marry, we, marry, we marry band of fucking... Packing fucking mannequins. Uh, come on, where is SoundCloud? So, there Cloud, it is. SoundCloud out there, where are <laughs> you? SoundCloud, <laughs> you are our hero. Oh, what we would we do without you? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, fantastic. This is recording. This is a terrible <laughs> idea. Crashcast episode seven. I'm your host, Master Mandy Darkside Robin. I'm here once again with Jason Perini. Hello there. What is up, friends? Uh, we just had a whole big ranting session that is kind of par for the course for our podcast. But you know, that's what you that's what you come to this show for. You come here for nonstop hilarity of a sort of spontaneous and unfettered nature. Uh, and that is we basically just talk and 
that we talk and talk and mm, talk. Sometimes talk a video game. Sometimes we say funny things, and sometimes we eventually get to video games. Let's do which it. was the order on the menu today for the day dose, numero dose of PAX uh, East 2016. Uh, mil sesenta. So, <laughs> there you go. Should we do the rest of the uh, podcast? That's no, and because Espanol? that will just end in disaster. <laughs> we need, we need, we need. Basically, what we need is an SAP, a transmito, an SAP. Yeah, and claro. we'll be able to do that. We'll have a little line underneath it that si. has all of the. Si, senor. All right. Anyway, Welcome anyway. to Cuba. Would you like a cigar or yo? Uh, so <laughs> sure. We had uh, we had some fun times at uh, day two of the Paximus Maximus. Um, yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah, we had more clear focus for this day than we did yesterday. We, I feel the whole, I'm not sure how that happened with less sleep, but I guess that's something we can work on. Yeah. That was, <laughs> we, that was yeah, something else. I'm pretty good at not sleeping. So yes. No, I um, so yeah, so this morning we started out, uh, a little, a little darker in terms of the skies because Boston kind of was ugly looking, but it was a bit rainy. A little quicker to go yeah. through security, which is nice. Uh, yes, we should do a little update about that, which is basically to say that uh, whatever they were dealing with. Oh, hello, hello, friend. What? Oh, some okay. I'm gonna look at that later. I'm also gonna mm. mute this now so it doesn't get picked that up by the microphone anymore. Fantastic podcast and make this whole thing very unprofessional, like because it's kind of dumb for that to happen. So. It's um, kind of dumb thing for you to do. Hey, you know, you shouldn't do these things with the cell phone while you're recording the thing over the microphone. He's not professional. <laughs> so, yeah, so the update with the... Again, again, once again, we are drinking on the podcast, although this time I, I'm actually being joined in this endeavor. No, I have so an Amstel Light. go down from here. From Amsterdam. Mmm. Anyway, so yes, nothing yeah, so like we, we drinking moved, we on moved an audio podcast. Through and 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 good thing too because we had a we had a um, they didn't add any more security gates, but they definitely had a like a, a gate that was it was snaking back and it, forth. It, it so. was organized. It was so organized. we we had we had a we had a uh, uh, an appointment. And so we, we went did. early on in the beginning of the day to see We Happy Few. We discussed yes. that a bit yesterday, but Rob, the, you got to you got to hit your hand. I got that. to talk to was it, blah, blah, blah? I got to talk to the uh, the COO. Of um, uh, what is the name of the studio again? Damn it! Um, <sighs> shit. It's I have it somewhere, but I'll I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, but we got to talk to the COO of the studio behind uh, We Happy, Happy Few. Few. Um, the guy by the name I believe was Sam Abbott was his name. Okay. That and, sounds um, British, that and it is a British game. Very close to being right, so I'm going to mm -hmm. go with it until I know otherwise. So, so, so I, I was watching you play this, um, and but I didn't, I wasn't able to hear much of the interview, which we'll put up on the site, and we'll, it will be up on the site. I will be able to see I would it as also well. like to go on record as saying that the We Happy Few uh, booth at PAX could be one of the most wonderfully disturbing booths on yes. record. Just not necessarily for any particular feature. Well, that's not true. No. But not 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 necessarily because there are terrifying right. things anyway, or disturbing we things today. on out uh, the booth. But just the fact that body parts. That's all I'm going to say. Just body parts accentuated to a strange degree. Anyway, yeah, was it Compulsion so, Games? Compulsion Games. There we go. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Jason, for the quick get on that. 
Um, yes, I did so play the a, game today. Do you, would you like me to go into a little bit of that? Yeah, I'd like you to describe it. Um, so what I found out, and I believe this is the case, is that, and I, I noticed this while playing the game, this seems to be a, a mixture of ex-irrational, ex-Bioshock people who are making this that game. That would make a lot of sense and through its a, aesthetic, yes. definitely a lot about this there's game. There's a lot of Bioshock. Just from like the way items illuminate in the world when you mm -hmm. pick them up and how you interact with them and what yes. they look like yes. and the artistic aspect of it. E and like, even though this is not actually Bioshock, but like the um, what Dishonored style looking menus even somehow. Yes, but even even they, I believe when they were, sh when Sam was showing me the game, uh, the term Bioshock came up in conversation. I'm not surprised. Uh, it so, would be strange to ignore but that. But to get, to put a little bit clearer of a light, mm -hmm. you know, brighter of a light on what the hell this game is because yes, it's confusing as fuck, is it's sort of a survival uh, game, but it has a very weird sort of conformist... Uh, slant to it and that it's yes. sort of got the best way to describe it and describe, they, and they said the, this the, is that it's sort of Brazil the video game yes and I really like that um, it's a really great description and even yes. Sam said that one of the things that they drew inspiration from was watching that film several yes. times yes. And I actually almost I, mean, I was I was videoing you do that part of the interview and I I think I might have actually nodded the camera <laughs> and just like yes, yes, this is very Brazil like. Hey, but, but can also to, to go over that. the go over the kind of the story part of it, which is that these this joy. Well, drug, so right? so basically, what has happened is is that World War II has turned out very differently, right. and the ensuing uh, sort of uh, aftermath therein has resulted in people being constantly on this drug referred to as joy. Mm -hmm. And those who are um, assuming... affected by the drug negatively to the point where they can no longer have that joy mm. uh, are for, yeah. basically uh, thrown out and cast out of the society mm -hmm. and uh, are basically called... Like, the downers. The, the so downers, that's, that's yeah. the word that so I'm So they admit people who aren't happy. Yes, and in fact, they're not just Aren't not happy. happy. They are kind of uh, like all recovering addicts who are completely like they've lost their sense of reality. And in some cases, they are manic and violent. And Which again made me think of the Splicers from Bioshock. Pretty much. Yeah. And the thing that's very interesting and equal parts oh, so frustrating. Actually, so Rob, hold on, Rob. Hold on. Okay. The one thing that's both equal parts interesting and frustrating about this game is that they have like a very small chunk, like they called it a modified demo of a very small piece of what the game is. And they showed it to uh, us and it didn't really give us much of an idea of why we woke up and didn't sure, know the, the story part, yeah. what, what was going on or what we're supposed to actually accomplish. And what it did give us was sort of an idea about the mechanics. And right, and I would like to kind of, yeah, kind of touch on those just kind of quickly yeah. so to give our listeners a little clearer picture of what what the game actually plays like it is first person um it has a kind of a bit of a of a bioshock kind of feel to your to your movement to your collecting items and all that there is a very kind of survival-esque in that you have multiple kind of um uh, sleep that you need to have and 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 you get hungry well and, it, and it's not even mm -hmm. it's not even that like it has those mechanics that. it's that like 
the weird thing about the world is that you have to sort of find your way through these mechanics and choose to either sort of create chaos or, you know, carry out these objectives through conformity and take a sort of passive stance based on being either, you know, mm. uh, like get, it almost feels like giving into your sort of downer aspect of life or using and getting the joy drug mm. later and using that to also boost other stats. Uh, uh, almost kind of a, a random kind of reference that makes me think of it. Like almost like kind of like postal two. Kind of thing. I didn't play Postal Two. Uh, I, I only played a tiny bit of it. The, the general idea was was that theoretically you you do all these mundane tasks that you like go to the bank or something like that and, and withdraw money that you could theoretically and wait on a gigantic line theoretically do it in a peaceful manner. But no, you've got lots of guns and it's a video game, so you murder everyone. Yeah, I mean, I think um, that was what I think that, that was the thing that Sam was trying to to uh, get to was that like when you when you know I I I really did not get a, a true sense of where this game is going to evolve to. But what I feel like since we started in an area that was consisting full of like the dregs and you know right. tossed aside people I, of humanity we're eventually going to end up in a place where the, it's filled the, the, with the happiest no, people on the highest quality drugs i did actually want to i i was not i was watching i was not aware that that was where you had started so so to talk about kind of the look of it like so everyone you were interacting with all had these like masks on with these super happy faces on it Correct. are those people not actually happy they downers all those it's not clear. it's not been made clear like that's the thing that was a, a bit frustrating about this particular demo is that like yeah, when huh. you started to peel back the surface on what was going on the studio's answer was well that's the game and okay and the and the all truth right. is is that like yeah that's all going to be explained so if we tell you now you, there's no reason to play it sure so the truth is what they're really showing off more which is to your other point i apologize for you know telling you to stop but i i, I yeah it's no. so hard to just talk about the mechanics in this game because if you just talk about the mechanics it feels okay that's all I it, saw. It, it doesn't it doesn't feel as interesting in the context that it's in where it's like you have these stamina bars you can pick up items that will re recover your health your stamina when you don't use these items when you don't sleep it actually affects your ability to do things in the game and these things end up having an a realistic effect on other people that you interact with, they notice when you're tired. They notice oh, when you're when you're uh, you know when you're hungry. They notice when you're acting weird or acting strange or when you're running or walking too fast, and they yes. will react appropriately. I, I like that part because so many games do not notice the fact that we're most games were running at all times which is unrealistic and the only thing about that is my biggest concern with the game is like well is this game going to get so up its own ass about all of mm. these mechanics am i going to Fair. even be able to play the game because the thing that i noticed constantly was that these alerts kept coming up saying like you need to sleep you need to do and and sure. the truth is if i go every five feet being like, well, I can't get to the next objective because I gotta go find water. This, be, it, 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 it's not. I'm not saying that it would get to the point where it takes me completely out of the game, but there is a part of suspension of disbelief where these sure. mechanics become too realistic, and it's like, 
if I can't well, get over real estate, oh, the past oh. that point where I was like, well, people don't get thirsty every five feet. That's right. Like, and you know, the, the weird thing about it was like when my character first, when I first started the game, my character had woken up. Right. Why and then I sleep? stepped three feet out of the front door and it was like, you need to get some rest. And I'm like, the fuck I do. <laughs> I just fucking slept. You, you're, like, you're, the... you're very old. I, you know, sometimes the sleep just doesn't take. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it just yes, gets harder. I got only three hours sleep last night. I feel great. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of potential in that game. And it's one of the, of all of the games that I saw at PAX, I would consider it one of the games that I think has the greatest potential to do something unique and different. Mm. And therefore, I am truly, truly intrigued and, and want it to be good. I just, I worry just ever so slightly that some of these mechanics have to be massaged so often like right. they were even telling us when we were, sh were seeing it today like we're still working out the numbers the right. ratios of, of when these show up how easy it is to refill like uh, getting these inventory items back refilling your water getting food you know like one of these moments i was getting beat up by a couple of uh other crazy downers hmm. and i got taken to the point of like you know, no health left, second chance. And right, he's like, right, right. you have to find a red herb. You've got to find a red herb somewhere. Right, right, right. There's a red herb in the environment. And I'm looking around, I'm going, I don't see shit. Half of my screen is red. Right. Yeah, and, and you know, the truth was like, I wasn't, I wasn't like, there wasn't a that part was of me going game. like, well, this is fucking bullshit. It was just kind of like, well, okay, but if that, you know, if that item is vis is should be visible and I can see it, then where is it? And then I, I died, I reset, I came back, and I was like, okay. oh, red herb right there. And he's like, oh, no, that red herb is for a different purpose. Oh, yeah, that was I'm like, weird. motherfucker, come yeah. on, uh, really? Anyway, what, what I wanted to say just about going, to, going back to the are these mechanics getting in the way kind of thing is that it was seemed like a game that was kind of cripping from a lot of different other kind of popular genres and you know needing to sleep getting hungry getting thirsty uh, all that in in traditional survival games like you know the long dark or rust or whatever like that right. that makes sense because that's kind of that's kind of the point of those games that's that is right. the mechanic there that is that is what you're trying to do you're trying to survive in this world and and like those are the gameplay elements, and that makes perfect sense. And I understand that, like those aren't games for me, but I can completely understand why you sure. want that. But a game where you have other objectives other than just survive or build or whatever, where you're trying to fulfill these quests and um, work your way through this world, and then also have to sleep, that feels that feels <coughs> like maybe juggling a few too many things. Yeah, and I think Possibly. again, I think it comes down to are they going to find that balance of sure. how these systems work. Without because if because if if it if they <coughs> if they reduce it too much then it's just this kind of strange like like you know if it's like rather than every five minutes it's every two hours suddenly oh now I have to sleep like what was this thing again I don't think you can lose sight of the fact that you still have to be able to complete the objectives of the game sure like at, at the at to 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 have these systems in place at the expense of everything that consists of actually like going through the story mode and playing the game. Um, I think that's a, a, a tough order, you know, uh, to, to sort of ask the player to do, to juggle all these systems to the point where they can't even, 
you know, like it took me longer to get to the objectives because I found myself not going out of my way to do other sub objectives, but the sub objectives in order for me to, to, to make progress became my main objective. I need to go find this battery to go use this in, you know, to activate the joy machine, but I can't do that because I'm fucking hungry. Okay. I, you know, I have to go talk to this person over in the other house, like three blocks down, but I keep falling over because I'm asleep. Okay. Like, you know, points where, where Sam was basically telling me, uh, your character is about to like pass out right mm -hmm. now. And I'm like, I've walked 30 feet. Sure. Yeah. That's all I'm saying is that if it, they got they got to work on the balance of those okay. systems but what they and it's a, the game's in a, a early earlyish state i believe so like and the other thing and, and you know what's really know, funny, it looks really good yeah it actually it in a lot of ways it also reminded me of like fable 2 in a kind of way from the sort of the look of it cuz it had mm. this sort of hyper oh, hyper okay, realism yeah. thing going on but also this sort of that color palette that feels like a fable game and also that sort of um, in in that way that Fable was trying to do so many of those kinds of same systems of how you interact with other people in the environment, how those of those things that you say and do with other people affect not just that one person but the other people around them, how they then react to you, and then mm -hmm. how you have to sort of get away, escape, do things okay, to bring right. your stats back up. It's very much of, of sort of a fable kind of idea. So, hmm. like, okay, but just just from the amount of time we've spent talking about this game, there will not be another game in this entire podcast that we spend this much talk, time talking about because the potential is most definitely there. Mm -hmm. And it, there's, I, I want to play more of it. I, yeah. I want to play more of it. Right. Um... And yeah, so one, definitely one of the, the games that was one of the, it was definitely one of the most surprising, in a good way, games that I saw at the show. Sure. Overall. And I really appreciate those guys taking some time out to talk to us. Yeah, definitely. Um, the next thing we saw. So yeah, as so we moved on, I, I had wanted. Why don't you talk about some of the games that you saw? Yeah, I had wanted to see um, Lawbreakers. I'm starting to remember the name of that game, but the line was... They told me four hours long. Which... Four hours at 11 o'clock today. I made a tweet about it because I was like, <laughs> come to PAX, see one game, maybe. Yep. It was, yep. Kind, of, yeah. it was kind of how that went. Yeah. Uh, kind so of ridiculous. I, I, while I'm, I'm still interested in that game, um, I'm not, I will play it when it comes out then, or when the beta, or whatever. Anyway, so you, you went and played... Um, uh, below and I while, thought that might be the one you were gonna. Well, while next. while while you were doing that, I went off and kind of looked at a lot of the the indie booth and mm -hmm. saw you know saw some indie games that I, I mean I didn't play. I just kind of looked at them and they looked interesting. There was right. Uh, gosh, what was the name it was um, Daryl something? Oh, I really should have looked at this quicker. Um, Super Daryl Deluxe, which just looked like a. <laughs> Looked, that is an amazing name for a video game. Yes, I I, okay. I kind of wish I'd gotten back to look at it and play it because <laughs> you know what it looked like. It looked like the Simpsons game, like the the old uh, the Simpsons arcade game, the the old four player where you like you're Bart, you're on a the side scrolling a, one, yes, like the, the side scrolling TMNT one kind of stuff. Yes. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, at least it kind of looked like that. Also, it's a modern game, so I feel like there was numbers about. about jumping out of enemies and things like mm -hmm. that. But uh, it had that look. And maybe it's something completely different, but 
so much to make something like that Simpsons game uh, if mm. Super Daryl Deluxe is not it. Uh, what I did play uh, was um, 20XX, which yeah. is which is very very you know where is it where is its inspiration on its sleeve and I, I you know I had an interview with the developer. Um, it is Mega Man X. <laughs> it is. It is a again a kind of a modern twist, and we these these words will pop up a lot in have already popped up a lot in these podcasts, and will continue. Oh God! Some more. If these are the words I think you're about to say, then we oh, actually have to go back and mention that for the other game because that was the part that blew my mind. Procedurally generated. Oh boy. A permadeath, roguelike. Oh boy. All that. Actually, I'm not sure of the permadeath part. I, I think so. I, I believe so. But you, um, the other part is which is more. Fun is um, is co-op, right. it is co-op, and and I will admit, I will admit, and I that I had, did not play the Mega Man X games. I played the uh, the original Nintendo ones. Um, so correct me, was there co-op in those ones? In which ones? In the Mega Man X games. I am not entirely sure. I would okay. not be the person. Well, to ask it that. worked well. We are we are down one Boris for this podcast That's true. who would know all that <laughs> shit. We love all that. But it Knows was every answer about that. It was fun. It was it was fun. Uh, the co-op I I think it was great. Um, my co-op partner seemed to be having some trouble with jumping, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is a hard thing to learn. It takes years of um, practice. But I I enjoyed it. There was uh, I'll just kind of say this is this was kind of amusing. There it is it is a Mega Man game. Also in that it is difficult it is a very hard game uh which good for it it should be that's tough to do in a in a convention setting i was mm. sitting there and there was a bunch of people behind watching me and we had uh, one of those kind of moving platform sections that you know really you know we gamers have seen this all where you really should just wait wait for the platform to kind of like for the platforms to to move so that you can jump between them and then <laughs> wait again for the platforms to move again and I'm like, no, 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 no. I can, I can totally just leap, 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 leap. I'll, I can do this. I can handle this. And I kept falling, <laughs> and made it much. I've worse. seen this before. Yes, I played a video game or two. I'm awesome, and then made myself look worse. <laughs> all of a sudden, the there's like a damsel that's just stand back, lady. I have this all under control. <laughs> exactly. Nothing but a big fucking disaster. Exactly. So that was just kind of like, oh, I, I, I didn't want. And for moments there, I was like, ah, this game sucks. Like, the platform is terrible. I was like, no, you're just terrible. <laughs> um, so or the game hates you, which is also... Right, right. So I believe that game... Totally is, legit answer. I believe that game is out. It may be still... It's on Steam. Right. Um, and uh, I'm not sure... It may still be in early access. Anyway, it's on Steam, and they are working. They've already are in talks with Microsoft and Sony, and they're working on bringing that to Xbox and, and PS4. And, you know, I, I think it was Mighty Number no. 9 is the kickstarted, um, uh, um, sorry, Mega Man game by... Yeah, the, the, the one that uh, fanboys and girls all across the world well, because are it's created... lighting torches and heading to, what's his name's house? Yes. For, uh, for the disasters that have come with that game? All right, well, not, not to dwell on those. It's, but other than that, there really have not, there has not been many kind of mega you know original uh classic mega man kind of games released in there a was one that came out last year oh, but i cannot remember what the name i will look it up and i will put it in the show notes yeah uh, so, but, because there was definitely one that had like a, a mega man slash it was sort of like mega man 
it's weirdly combined with Sonic the Hedgehog or something. Okay. Anyways, but it, I had the classic stuff. I, I talked to the, the developer. You know, there are bosses. There are weapons that you get from killing bosses that then allow you to, you know, other bosses are, are weak to those. And, right. And, and all the stuff you need and expect from a Mega Man game. So And it had a really, a really, really nice, clean visual style. I think that That's was... That's very cool. Uh, that was the there were a out. lot of really good looking guys. That's Jesus, absolutely true. Like, and I mean, the one thing I want to say. Well, okay, first yes. thing I want to say uh, is you're gonna get to below because yeah, go on. Below is gonna be the next one I talk about, but I just wanted to add procedurally generated areas also are a thing in We Happy Few, and yes. I don't understand. But that that's fine. Very strange. I thought it was weird when he mentioned it. And I glossed past it, but after we had had this very fucking conversation on the podcast we had the other Yesterday, day, yeah. I couldn't believe it. It was like eight more times today yep. that word came up, and yeah. I was just like, "Please God, no!" I mean, it was exciting <laughs> a few years ago when they started when 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 some games started doing that, Spunkies and all that. Um, and obviously, it's been around for decades, but it's getting a little much. Uh, I'm not. Sh- I really don't know see how Mega Man is made better by doing that. Or or Bioshock for example would have been would have been better if there was procedurally generated levels. No, it've been far worse. Um so I, I don't I think it has its place. I don't think it's always the answer. Yeah. Um speaking of which, let's go on to below. Another procedurally generated level. Is it like, really? I did not know that. Yes, it is. What? Every every time you start the game new really the areas like change. Except for the, I think the way they they the way they initially explained it is that some of the first opening sure. parts of the game are always the same, but then the further down you go, the levels start to the areas start to be uh, procedural. I'm gonna randomize. Um, yes, and but here, okay, so I'm gonna. What I'm about to say is going to sound a little bit like a repeat of what I just talked about <laughs> because, again, here's the problem with a convention scene. Yep. You've got 15 minutes to show a game to somebody before basically you run out of time and you've got to try to get a whole new batch of people who've never seen your game before, maybe only seen one trailer, maybe read one article, right. to try to get them to wrap their brain around this thing. And in this particular setting, to get them to want to buy the game and play more. Sure, right. Uh, and I think it was Colin was the guy we were talking to okay. from below. Really nice dude. Uh, had a really just good time uh, interviewing him. Yeah. Um, we'll put that up. We, we, I had the chance to play it. I wish you had taken the, the, the moment after we'd done the interview to play it because hmm. I, 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 I'm not sure. I actually don't know for sure if this is a kind of game that you would be like. interested okay, in yeah. All right, uh, because it's definitely got the Dark Souls vibe oh, going on to it. But it's not It's not like a Salt and Sanctuary or like a Hyperlight Drifter, like a, two of the, those two games. Or even something like, um, there was another game that I played today, I'll get to it later, but it, but it basically is a pixelated Dark Souls. Like isometric pixelated dark souls i'll get to that game later okay. i think it's but called Below is not that yeah no this this is it, this almost and i hate to compare it to this it feels a little bit like jotun it feels like this very hand-drawn ink mm-hmm. painting well, well i want to note the visual style to me spoke super brothers 
character. Yes, sword it does. It does very much feel like uh, I, a sword and sorcery. Cappy and the uh, the. Well, I'm sorry, the other name that you said. Super Brothers. Super think, Brothers. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. correct. Um, I was and, trying to figure out. Someone was actually yeah, mentioning sword sorcery, yeah. the sword and sorcery today yes. when they were looking at it. And I, I like literally when I first saw it, I thought it was oh, is this like I it was like is this sword and sorcery too? Like just the little the visual style, uh, but it is not that. It's not an exploration it kind is, of game. It's it, not an adventure. Well, game. no, 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 no. It um, there is an exploration element to it. There is uh, there are items that you are picking up. It like it okay. Let me back up for just a second. Here's something about this game that stood out instantly that's a big difference from other games in this type of thing, in this type of genre, whatever. We're calling it the Souls genre or the, mm. you know, the, the sadomasochist genre or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, basically, like, you know, inflicting pain upon yourself genre. Well, like, they're going to be Super Meat Boy or something that, too. Yeah, so, that, so but... there's a lot of those. But essentially, the thing... Okay, so if you're exploring these areas and you're going through and you're attacking monsters and you're lighting bonfires, that's like the right. basic level stuff. In addition to that, there are tons of items mm -hmm. all over that you can pick up. There are healing items. There are items that you know you pick up and you use in other places. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you can combine and craft items together. Mm -hmm. Now, that's as far as I got in 15 minutes. There are also like items in the world where you can light fire in them to cauterize wounds when you're injured. Oh wow! That was something that was never explained to me in the game. I had to have the developer tell me that. That was also something that I got to scratch the surface on in 15 minutes. Right, right, right. What I took away from playing below for 15 minutes was I needed way more than 15 minutes to appreciate what's going on in that game. And I don't even think like 15 minutes in, I saw a tenth. A, a 25th of what that game has to offer. And I'm frankly frustrated a little bit by the lack of any kind of information mm. from anyone surrounding that game. Yeah. They are being so, so careful about what they say and what they do mm. that it's almost hard to get behind the game because what right. I played today felt like the same 15 minutes that I've seen for three fucking years. And this is exactly the way that things went with Cappy's last game, Super Time Force. Mm. And it just, it, 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 it's finally going to come out this year. It's going to come out this summer. I think it's going to come out in June. But oh God, what will that be? Because the truth is, is no. that in like seven questions that I asked them, we learned big old fat zero. <laughs> uh, it turns out it's actually only 20 minutes long, which is why they stopped you after 15. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, 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 yeah, no, go ahead. I had one question just when you were kind of going back and, and describing the parts that are souls like of it. Another thing I understand that's, well, or no, that's a big part of souls is like the kind of the way the combat is like very weighty and, and measured. Is that part of this? It's a little bit more slasher heavy. Okay. A, a little, that's not the word I'm looking for at all. <laughs> it's a little bit more like Dead Before Daylight, and uh, that it's what? slasher no. heavy. No, no, um, no. It, it, it's, it's weird. It, but a mashy or it feels a little more Zelda like in okay. that you know all like. Right. You're you're walking through a blade of grass, That's, and all of a sudden you just slash the the grass out of the I way. I'm like, mm, I've seen this before. I noticed that. Yes. Um, well, like when you you attack an enemy, it, it feels more like Link to the Past or something. Yeah. I, I, sure. I'd say like elements of it are like if you have a torch 
and you pick the torch up and you cannot use your shield anymore mm. and you finally like lit up this area that was dark before that feels like a very soul sure, kind of sure, thing. Sure. What I think is it, where I think I'm getting you lost. You aren't rolling around enemies and no, but there's a dash, there's an attack. There's okay. There, like I mean, I think there. I haven't seen anything like switching weapons or switching right. shields or things like that. And you know, there's no Estus flask. There's no like one healing item. You get you get items in the world like carrots, like fruits, like mushrooms that you can eat. Mm. But then you know, the, like I think the thing that was weird is like. At one point, my character had bleeding damage, which is why I needed to do the cauterize the wound oh, thing. Yeah, right, right, right. But in its in its attempt to tell you nothing, it really tells you fucking nothing. And I had no clue that that was happening. I just all of a sudden I'm seeing this little health bar go down. Did you see any blood? I saw what I saw was that there was a a a, a health bar that was actually the shape of a single heart. That's white when the health is full, and then goes down red as it's uh. dropping. But I was looking over in the little right hand corner, there's this little like like symbol that has white on one half and red on the other, and it's in the shape of a droplet. And I was like, oh, is that the symbol that represents that I'm I'm bleeding out? Because no. you knew that I'm bleeding out, but I don't know that I'm bleeding out. He's like, <laughs> no. He was like, no, that's the symbol that represents your your you need to drink something now. And I'm going like Motherfucker, am I? Is every game doing this today? Where it's like, and and the next thing you're gonna tell me is that I have to find a bonfire to sleep at, and then we're gonna be back where we were with uh, We Happy Few. It's like, and so now I have to go over to this waterfall and like dunk my head in it so then I can refill my water meter and so then I can go further into the into the caves. So is every game going to become rust? Are we all going to be uh, naked? It's apparently cavemen? so. Cool. Apparently every game is H1Z1. Yeah. And oh actually it reminded me a little bit of um Don't Starve also. Oh right. And doing that like so gathering all these items but for what? <laughs> like for what purpose? And it's it's a little honestly like I'll tell you right now, one of my favorite games this year so far has been Hyperlight Drifter. And it's got some of those wonderful elements and it's stripped down and reduced to like it's like perfect elemental pieces. And something you know, something about below after playing it and I want to play more of it, I'm just sitting there and I'm going like I just don't know. I just don't know if these games are just trying to be a little too smart. And not, and yet not translate enough of these smart concepts oh, to the yes, player. Yes, yes. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, particularly yeah. Below is definitely in in the vein of the kind of minimal UI. Uh, Extremely kind of a lot, minimal. A lot of kind of games like that where you, I could, I had to lean into the screen at times. I saw people to see what the fuck I'm looking at because it's it like, do hard. I need to get? Do I need to purchase a microscope? Like what's going like putting the monocle up to the screen? Gamma, like, put it up on your monitor, huh? Oh yes, this screen is very small. Yes, uh, I cannot make any sense of anything that's going on on this screen. I don't know. I have to lean in very close to be able to look at any bit of it. It's like I just want to play the game. Mm. I just want it to make sense a little bit, just a little bit. So I don't know. So what you're asking is you want to get Prima Games, you know, Brady Games uh, walkthrough and strategy guide. I can tell you that. I, anyway. I, I want games. To, I don't I'm know. Joking. Yes, I want the Prima. I, I wanted to go. You should do this now. Yeah, I'm joking, obviously. Um, Press X to pay respect. I guess I would feel a little bit more confident about Below if they said or showed said us something anymore. Yeah. Anything. Fair enough. 
Like, here's a boss fight. Right. <laughs> here's I, an objective. I, I, I honestly, I was I watched for about five, seven minutes or so before I walked away. I don't, I don't think I saw any combat. I assume you got in some. <laughs> I fought with a couple of red rubies that attacked me. Okay, those things did like did like four side like uh, they were like eight sided die that were floating around, Kill. connected to something, and they were then shot out at me. And when I killed it, it released this white thing that I don't know what the purpose of it is. Okay. And occasionally, that white thing fell off a cliff, so I couldn't cap, so I couldn't even grab it. Mm. I'm like, mm. so are those important? <laughs> Should I not be killing those near the edge of a cliff? Do I need to? I have right. no fucking clue. Collect everything. And I, I just, like I said, I feel like they're doing themselves yeah. a disservice mm. by saying nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Um, what do I know? I'm not a PR person. Anyway, so so to move on to to the next and I think kind of one of the most exciting parts of the day. Oh yes, do tell. Uh, yes, so inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> so and 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 we we have we have interviews and such that we're going to put up that we're going to this. But I just want to kind of tell the story behind uh, Tooth and Tail and how I found it. So yes. while while Rob was not playing, to be confused with Tooth and Nail. Yes, which different game. Doesn't exist. Messed that up. Moving on. Uh, and <laughs> um, and so I um, while, while Rob was playing below, I went and kind of wandered around the the indie uh, booth and um, came upon this game that had a very very interesting, um, really nice looking visual style. It was still pixel eye. So I started talking to the artist of the game, Adam, and um, you know as I was noting, like it looks kind of a pixel art, but it was very smooth animation, really kind of still modern look and the the visuals of the um, kind of character art in it and and I'm I know I'm being somewhat vague on what kind of game this was but like the character art and such was was as 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 the developer later told talked to us like red wall meets Russian Revolution it was these anthropomorphized um uh like mice and ferrets and such like that um but not in a cutesy way uh, you know, in this battle to the death. And it was immediately described to me as the game, the game for people who think they, may, may, you know, they wish they liked strategy games, but don't have time for them or... Specifically real-time strategy real -time, Thank you, real-time strategy games. And and uh, don't have time for them or uh, are too complicated or, or, you know, nervous about them. And that, that immediately spoke to me. I... I almost bonded with, with with Adam over the fact that we both we both had the same experience of back in the 90s when RTS games real-time strategy games were 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 a big deal when Command and Conquer came out and Warcraft and and oh Command and Conquer yes oh, and Total Command Annihilation and and, and and then obviously later and the capper of Starcraft you know there was that there was this era was like if you were a gamer you played those games like that mm -hmm. was that was part of gaming um, a major, major part. Like, what you, you haven't played? You haven't played StarCraft? Well, like, are you a gamer? A uh, kind of type of thing. And so I, I have a console. <laughs> or, or, you, or you were a console. Sorry, I'm not throwing the console people under the bus. Don't or send me hate mail, gamer. please. Sorry, Do not I should, send, I should rephrase. Send all your hate. Send all of your hate mail to Jason underscore Perini at GameCrashers.net. Right. <laughs> uh, I should rephrase. If you're a computer gamer, you even if all you liked playing was Doom, you like you haven't played Command and Conquer. Um, anyway, so I played all those games, and I never was I was really bad at them. Um, but I I enjoyed the story, I enjoyed the, a bit of the gameplay, and then to just 
2000s rolled around and I just realized I, I, they're, they're all too complicated for me. And this one really does seem like they're, they're trying, trying something different. Anyway, so, so I, I, I was speaking to Adam and said to him, you know, maybe we can do a bit of an interview. And he said, oh, well, you, you should talk to her, kind of our lead developer. And, um, and I said, oh, I will come back and I tell Rob about this game. And so we, we come back to film an interview and, uh, and, you know, they asked me, oh, who do you want to, 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 to do the interview with? I'm like, anyone's fine. And I know, no, you should talk to this guy, bring over, uh, this fellow Andy. So this is high to us. And the clouds parted <laughs> and, the su- and the, sh- and and I'm the like, sunlight I'm shone oh. through. Right. So I'm Jason from, from Game Crashers. Oh yeah. Game Crashers. You, I remember you guys, you guys loved Monaco was specifically what he said. Yes. And so I look and go, wait, 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 Andy shots. As in any shots from who made Monaco, who we interviewed years ago, who came on our podcast. Yeah, thanks. How for you fuck- doing, man? Thanks for fucking up my name again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no shots. That's I said it right. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. With you I, um, um, <laughs> but 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 like you know, instead of just being like, oh, here's an, here's the developer. Like, hey, what's up, dude? How you doing? What's been going on? No, the surreal. The it was surreal amazing. thing is he's one of the first people yes. we ever interviewed when we first. Started Game Crashers back in 2009. Yep. You can fucking believe yep. that. Yep. And so to like. And he okay. remembered us. I, I remember him really well because he's just a super cool dude. And great guy like, to talk to. I felt to. like I was like, I don't know. I felt like I was like reconnecting with somebody I had like hung out with years ago. He's one of these Almost. dudes who is supremely passionate about this stuff. Yes. And he just, he absolutely just wants people to play his games and love them. Yes. And just fucking enjoy them. And, yes. And get a, a, a like, get a, the, one of the things that was a huge takeaway from Monaco, and even from Tooth and Tail, is that he wants people to be there with one another. Yes. Playing a game and getting that sort of immediate feedback from one another and the game all yes. at the same time. Yes. And that's such a refreshing way to think about video games because you tend to think of video games as this big business that's mm-hmm. all about you know getting the game out and getting the sale and doing all that and it is all about that but it's also about making games that are instantly accessible that are fun that mm-hmm. you have a good time playing and that you want to keep playing right right and nothing says that more to me right, than and, stuff like monaco right and this game that he's now developing. right and 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 and, and, and um in discussing and talking with him, and he 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 sat down and kind of um, explained the game to us. We went through and did a a, a competitive kind of match. And, and Jason completely destroyed my army, the bastard. Oh, hi, Jason. Pretty proud of that. Fuck. Uh, I I um, it was um, it was it was so clear that you, he bastard. that they had in any point where there's the kind of strange irritations or rough edges or wait, why do I you know. Why do I need to tell my barracks to go create more more units? I'm at war. Of course, I want more army guys. You right. know, like uh, all those kind of strange little bits from real time strategy games that are just kind of built into them. You know, like StarCraft does it that way, so we do it that way. I, I like that they've really took a, took a microscope to all of that and thought about it and said, "Well, no, actually, that's getting in the way of of the strategy of just the gameplay." Exactly. Um, it was, so it, it, there's a bunch of smart ideas. I really, really recommend everyone come, we'll, we'll, we'll post up the interview. Uh, we, we go into a great detail and Andy is a way more, uh, 
passionate and entertaining and intelligent describer of all these mechanics than I will be. I love the 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 aesthetic. I love the the kind of the world building. There's clearly a lot more to it than like we even got into, but this whole like this animal world where some animals are meat and they're like they're rebelling against the other animals and this whole kind of sort of sort of George Orwell um, animal farm esque. Everybody with... wants meat, but no one wants to be the meat. Right. It's like right. the the sentence <laughs> of the interview. Yeah. It's like yeah. That's, that's yeah. And, I want a T-shirt that says and, nobody wants to be the meat. <laughs> <laughs> and just the visual meat. style of like the characters. It was it's it's really it's unique. Um, and different and, and in kind of a, a, a take on this that you don't see too often, at least. Absolutely. Um, and then, and I'll, I'll let you talk about this, Rob. Oh, sure. Um, and that was fantastic. And I had an incredible interview with, with Andy and a great time playing it. And then another we, crazy person showed up over my shoulder. And, and then, so the <laughs> kicker was, was, so then he mentions, you know, so back, uh, back years ago when, when Monaco was made, uh, the, the 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 fantastic soundtrack was was composed by um, Austin Wintry. It sure was. Who, who has gone on to to do quite amazing shit. To some amazing things. The Banner uh, Saga, Journey, uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Won a Grammy. Yes, for, for the Journey, Journey soundtrack. Yes, and won obviously dozens and dozens of you know best soundtrack of the year. Journey won various Game of the Year um, awards. Uh, and and and. And he's he's done movies. He's done he's done all these different things. And he's also you know going back. And he's done um was it Assassin's Creed Syndicate? So he's doing he's doing the biggest blockbusters in the industry. Exactly. And and he's, he's behind coming, me, isn't he? <laughs> and he's standing over there because he's also doing the doing the uh, soundtrack for Tooth and Tail. <laughs> hey, hey hey Rob hey Rob hey Rob yes. hey, hey hey Rob you know who the guy is over there. Who? That's Austin Wintry. Who's that guy? Yeah. Is that wait? So Austin, who? <laughs> so we got to do an interview. Uh, Rob got to do an interview with Austin, and it was spectacular. It, the, you know, the thing I I I like to think about when I do these interviews with uh, with developers and with people who make games, whether it's you know the the art the art an art designer or a coder or a composer, anyway, the creative part of it. Yeah. It, you know, like you never know what kind of person you're going to get because. Not everybody who makes a game is always the most eloquent mm -hmm. or the most uh, like uh, light on their their feet when it comes to talking to people in a very you know yes, uh, immediate situation, and <laughs> and sometimes it requires like a game of you know uh, uh, um, tug of war mm -hmm. to get something out, out of, of somebody <laughs> that that is both informative and entertaining not except so. when you're talking to austin fucking wintry because the man is entertaining and interesting to listen to without you having to do a goddamn thing I, that was one of the most awesome easiest interviews i've ever been I, to do yeah and it was so much fun i, I would say even beyond like the entertaining all that like inspiring it's yes brilliant absolutely. like he's clearly a a a very you know brilliant intelligent creative man who's doing incredible interesting things and knows exactly how and it's excited about them and knows exactly how to get you excited and interested and at least somewhat knowledgeable about it as well which is super rare yeah. and the, the and but the one thing that does make it harder for me is that i have to come up i have to step up to the bar with 
<laughs> questions that are worth a damn to, to, you know, to be answered in that kind of way. And, and the truth is, is that like, you know, he, he, we, we talked a lot about like the stuff that he's doing on this particular, the game, yeah. the way he, you know, works through the process of doing the other things that he's done, because yeah, they're all slightly different and unique mm-hmm. in their own way. And he, it, it just, his approach is very, is, is it almost sounds, it sounded calm and serene, which creative <laughs> endeavors like that are never that way, but right. it's just like his, he, you know, he, 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 it's almost like that, that, uh, uh, that sort of Michelangelo type of, of looking at a stone and not seeing a stone, but seeing the finished work oh, and yes, just like marble, trying to yes. let it out. Mm-hmm. And, and it, and it's, it's really fascinating as a creative person to hear another creative person talk about this and also for that to be on like just a different level. Right. Just another fucking tier right, right. of creativity. I, I, I can't I can't stress enough that you need to anyone listening to this need to watch watch the interview. We we We're gonna can't have do that posted it, as soon as possible. Uh, probably it, as soon it, it as we was, get back. I, I was filming it um holding Rob's heavy DSLR camera. My arms were aching it went on for 18 minutes, and I did not want the man to stop. Exactly. Uh, exactly. It, and he, yeah. He, it, it went it went some weird places. At the end, it turned into some kind of inspiring message for all creative people. Well, I definitely, I mean, I wanted I, to ask so him, cool. I wanted to ask him what he, what he felt was uh, uh, something that he, like, I didn't want to ask, right. like, what's your advice for, because that's a hard one to give. Because, <laughs> again, he even that, said, though. like, everybody else's situation is going to be different than mine. But what I really wanted to know from him was, like, what is a takeaway that you've right. gotten from and, this? And the one he and, is is great. And I, I, I'm not sure we should even. Yeah, we should definitely like, let, let watch him it. Tell, you should watch it and let but him tell But you should it, also go back and listen to his other works. Because yes. everything from Journey, th- like every bit of what he's worked on, while it definitely sounds like every every composer has his or her own thumbprint Style. when it yeah, comes yeah, to sure. their music. Mm-hmm. But it all fits so well mm-hmm. with each game that he's worked on and it, each game and i said this in the interview is like when you were doing when he was doing stuff with the banner banner saga it had this very mm-hmm. percussive marching thing going yes. on to it when you were doing when he was i keep talking like he's in the room here when you, when he was doing stuff with assassin's creed syndicate it had this very sort of light playful but turn on a dime serious tone mm-hmm. where things could instantly like weave back and forth between the sort of the playful and the dangerous dangerous and it and it's just he's very good at finding those moments of tension and then relieving them with these moments of uplifting sort of choruses and these drawn out notes that you hear in journey right and things like that and it's just it's it's wonderful to and, hear and talk he about it. Talks and it's about doing that. And he and the thing he's he's incredibly humble about it too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just he's a guy who makes music and loves the process of that. Right. And that's really and fucking cool to 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 pick somebody's brain about and, that. And I could have talked to him for another fucking thirty minutes. I wish we had. Like I would, we would have run we, out we, of we, tape. We weren't yeah. even filming on tape because <laughs> no one films on tape anymore. We it was it was it was fantastic and and I, I just. You know those all those guys there in that booth uh, for I think was pocket watch games. Uh, Sounds right. Is were great. Um, we're taking up their time. Like I was like, you should be doing something else. Um, and but but they just they were just so excited to talk to anyone anyone want to listen about what they were working on with the creative thing that they work on you know uh, on the game design on the music on the art that uh, that that they that 
that they just gave us as much time as we wanted. It was great. And and the best part was when we were done with uh, the yep. interview with Austin, Andy came by and he was just like, this man will not stop talking once you get him on road. He will just <laughs> so keep, he will true. just keep go. It was great. So true. And that, and so you'd true. like, you'd like to see that kind of rapport between the people who oh yeah these, though they clearly really liked working together. everybody who went up to the booth really seemed to like it. and the last thing i'll say is that uh we got some awesome stuff that yes. i don't i'm not going to tell you guys about but you're going to have to watch some of the twitch streams and uh keep uh, an eye on the twitter feed so that we can let you guys know some of the cool swag we got the amazing actually it's not just cool that's underselling it it's pretty fucking cool stuff, and we'll we definitely look forward to giving away some of that stuff mm -hmm. on uh, the live show uh, in the near future. Yeah, I mean, um, a couple cars, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get a boat, and you get a boat, and you get a boat. Andy Andy Schatz will be playing the part of Oprah for this episode of the podcast. That was I don't know what's next. Yeah, that was one of the highlights of the day. But there's still more because apparently we didn't stop for. 48 hours. I, I know I wandered um, I wandered about a bit more of the floor, some more stuff. I, I walked over to like the card card gaming area. It was mm -hmm. just kind of neat to see that all that still was there. Um, you know, I, I didn't look too closely. I did. Good God, there was a massive crowd watching some, a League of Legends something. I Some kind of, I, it was a match. It was a League of Legends match and there was a crowd of probably 150 people. What was that MSI's booth? No, that was near the back. There was a there was a gigantic. Yeah, there was uh, a, there was a League of Legends thing going on, but I think it was sponsored by MSI. Perhaps because there was the, that was across from the Hearthstone booth. No, or so, uh, yeah. uh, sorry, the um, uh, ESL's booth. There, uh, way I'm talking pretty far in the back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yes, yes. So there was, uh, and they were loud and and cheering and it's always loud it was, around anything League of Legends related. Again, it was a massive crowd, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that was neat to see. Um, and there were a lot of tournament-style booths yes, going true, on. Actually, you're there right. was the Battleborn booth. Mm -hmm. There was, and actually, a mm -hmm. little uh, addendum to, or um, correction from something we said last night. Two K is there. They're just there with Gearbox showing Battleborn. Yeah, that's yes, the only yes, thing Two K yes, has here. Yeah, this year. That. So just a little uh, revision from the other day. Like they had, they had people commentating on Battleborn shit. And there yeah. were people doing legal, like, and I, I don't think it was. I don't think any of it was professional gamers. I think it was all like walk up, like walk up with teams or sign up. I, I don't know that there okay, were teams because a lot of them were talking. They were calling out the names of the characters rather than the people playing them. Oh, interesting. So you. something about it leads me to believe that it, I don't know if it was PAX goers or if it was invitationals or if it was you know sign up in advance, you know like uh, opens or stuff. Are you talking about Battleborn? Because that probably got it in walk ups. Uh, that was probably new. walk ups. Yeah, I don't like know about Legends, League of Legends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were there was like team laptop versus team something. Else. I don't know. So <laughs> I, like that. I don't think I don't. I'm not. Be, I'm not betting that there were you know they were pro teams. They might have been. Some other companies uh, or something. What are you talking about? Team laptops got the top of the the charts at all. The, yes, they've got Cloud Nine in their laptop. Exactly. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, there there were a lot of tournament things going on. There, uh, surprisingly, I didn't see a lot of that kind of stuff going on at Overwatch. They just wanted people to play the game mm. uh, there. Um, yeah. I feel like someone was telling me that um, Layer Cake. No, that's not the fucking name of the game. What the hell is it? <laughs> Yummy. Called? Uh, what it, What the hell is the name? Uh, Lawbreaker. That's the one <laughs> I'm thinking of. 
That's a great new name for the game. Like, layer I'm cake. Call it layer cake from now on. Oh, um, <laughs> I don't need to remember the names of games. That's what I have you here for, Jason. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to remember that one. I'm working on it. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, with Law Lawbreaker, I got uh, there were definitely people who I had talked to who were kind of comparing it to Overwatch and saying, "Nah, like it that that it that Overwatch was was a better feeling version of that kind of game." But I don't have any sense of that because it just looked like a generic shooter to me personally. But yeah, I I would disagree in that in that it it looked like Unreal Tournament to me. That's fair. Which is that's fair. Quite I mean, different. And I, and, and and and, and uh, just it looked different from the today's shooters. And that sure. looks like yesterday's shooters. But hey, it's cool to see. I, what I did think was fun. It was a, it was cool to see Paragon on the floor, like being played on PS4 and Xbox. That's uh, Epic. That's Epic. <laughs> that's Epic's uh, version of Smite in the Unreal Engine. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, so that uh, was playing. That looked like it was playing MOBA. better. Yeah. Mm. That looked like it was playing better on consoles than when I played it, the alpha version on PC. Mm. But I'm hoping whatever version's running on PC now is better. I want to jump back into that game because that one's fun. Um, there was one game I wanted to mention real quick that was in the PlayStation booth, which I was surprised that it didn't have a bigger presence anywhere because mm. it's another Devolver digital game, if I, I think. And it's called Itier. And it is the one that I mentioned before that looks like it is exactly... Dark Souls in pixel form. Oh, yes. Right, right. Uh, and it's isometric, and it is very, very tough. It's got lock-on mechanics like Dark Souls, mm. and yet it's got very weird hitbox mechanics because it's locked fixed camera isometric mm. uh, angle. Mm. And uh, I believe the, the spelling is E-I-T-R. Uh, so I'm assuming oh, it's I think I've, it's Itier. So it, yes, I'm I've assuming it's like, I'm assuming it's got some Viking thing going on, much like Jotun. <laughs> right. True. Um, okay. Yes. But I saw it on one. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. I saw it on one system in the PlayStation booth, and I was a little surprised because it's not out yet. It's coming out this year. I'm not sure what when the release date is, but that fucking game is hard as nails <laughs> okay and uh i would That's like to, i would like to play more of it but nice. it was it, it doesn't show well on the show floor because it's a very slow plotting dark souls game so yeah. or dark souls like uh one game just also before we get to our last one sure uh is just i i didn't play it but i watched it and it was one of yet yet again one of those really fun spectator games was called arena of the gods yeah okay um and it looks a lot like a top-down gang beasts in some way not in the terms of like you know barely barely immobile jelly babies fighting each other oh uh, these were colorful men from top down who did i see nearly spat my water out across <laughs> the bed thank you jason anyway <laughs> that's what a game piece is <laughs> it's true um but but in the terms of uh you know up to four you know four players trying to beat each other up uh it was top down there seemed to be Oh, kind of spawning weapons all over the place that you could like, fling away and they would disappear. It, it, it was the kind of game, it was very, very fast, very quick, short rounds where, you know, you know, Tower Fall, Samurai Gun, all those kind of, that kind of style of game. Uh, it was just the kind of game that seemed to have a lot of good, um, 
uh, reversals. Like you can hear the whole crowd going, oh, oh, he got it. Oh, no, he got him. You know, just kind of like, how do you get him at the end there? And 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 um, one character looks like it's, it's all over. And then they, they pull off some move. Uh, that uh, that results in 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 a surprise win, and it, it looked, you know, maybe a bit derivative, but uh, potentially very fun and good party game in the same way that you know, again, Terrafall and those are. The, and that's very are. cool. Yeah, that's very cool. So then the last one is we talk is about the last one that we're about. about. Oh my god. Um. So the funny thing about this game is that it was one of the first games that caught my eye when we walked into yes. PAX East. So yes, we talked about it a little uh, yesterday. We talked about it a little yesterday. We had a little bit of time to talk with one of the developers on the game. So, but we didn't really get a, we didn't get very far. So Death by Daylight. Death by Daylight is, is the game, and uh, the developed thing, by it's it's published, published by, by Starbreeze. And all right, Behemoth. No, no, not Behemoth. Uh, be, uh, be, oh God. It does have the B. You keep going. I'll find it out. Yeah, you. cool. Um, so just to say again, it, the game is called A Dead by Daylight. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> it is in, um, well, I I got the name wrong a Multiple bunch of times. times yeah. It was like de- Dead by, by Dawn. Death by Dawn. Dawn yeah. by Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hang on. Um, and uh, essentially, it is a serial killer. Uh, simulator, not really. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sure they would love that description. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. actually a asymmetrical uh, survival game in which four survivors are trying to stay alive uh, and escape from a compound or from a map or a location in which there is a serial killer, uh, unbeknownst to. So it has a very very players. horror movie aesthetic, yeah. very much so, and it really does crib from some of the great slasher flicks of mm-hmm. the 80s uh and in fact one of the things that they mentioned us uh when we did the interview today was that they have a whole slew of inspired uh serial killers from slasher flicks and oh right yes yeah. so that we, they're we, gonna yeah only today was there just the one guy the one the trapper trapper with guy, the meat cleaver yeah he has that, a meat cleaver other... and he can tr- lay traps around the map and he sacrifices uh the, his victims to the gods or Satan a, or whatever. A they, giant they, spider. It's really. like a spider in the sky that's like part UFO, part spider. And you do this by hanging people on meat hangers. Yeah. Behavior interactive. Behavior. Yay. Behave when you behave your inner serial killer. Uh, so, so, and, so one thing to guess to note is yes. that the the survivors, the the others are cannot cannot harm or not not kill these they can't the, kill the serial the, killer which i think is a little strange but um because but i think what I, they it's w- almost like a little like amnesia or something when going back to the horror and it's not that at all but like the horror game kind of thing of like uh or you know i feel like fatal frame to that or something like that where where it's the most terrifying is when you cannot fight back right so so the you know to rob describe you know so if you're a survivor uh, how do you survive? Well, see, here's the thing. I feel like the trick with this game is that if you are not the killer, then your whole point is to sort of bait out the serial killer and keep him away from other people by sort of going like, here, here, over here, uh, okay. putting objects in his way oh, that's cool. yeah, yeah. while other people do other things and do the teamwork aspect to sort of keep the serial killer off 
the trail off the trail and right. off the track of what is going on. Mm-hmm. Problem is, is that when well, and I I'm just played, no, no, so you're like trying to start generators on that to let you escape the map. Is that correct? Uh, I, I was that not- was the thing with that particular map is that you need to turn on generators to open gates to escape. Okay, so this every map is a certain way of escaping. So yes, after a certain they were only of time, showing they were only if showing the, if the killer map, doesn't get yeah. everyone, probably they'll escape. I didn't see a time limit. That right, but, but, things, but I'm general, sure that's something you can add. Unless the, the survivors are really screwing up. But well, here was the yeah. thing. Like, so go on. The sense that I got was that if the survivors don't work together in a way that, you know, like they're not just running off and hiding. Right. They're not just running around in circles <laughs> and they're actually using the terrain to their advantage. Then it can be very easy as it was for me. And it felt really easy to do actually when we were playing the game. So you were playing as the killer. I was playing as and the killer. you very easily wiped them all out. Uh, yeah, I would say that uh, it, uh, I think in the course of around 15 to 20 minutes, I had rounded up everybody, and I, I the thing was I never was taking on two of them at once. Right. I never really saw them sort of. I, I n- actually never saw anybody help out anybody else. Right. There, and I know that actually that did happen one time. But okay, more importantly, m- my big concern with this game, what I liked. Okay, let me start with what I liked about this game. I think there is an element of this game that is really sort of demented in a very creepy and fun way (laughs) in that if I had played as one of the survivors, I think it would be very creepy to turn around and have a guy like the thing that I was playing as just hanging out there with a meat cleaver going like barreling at you. Barreling at you. Which I want to know, by the way, just a quick little note. Sure. uh, And part of gameplay too is if the the killer like slashes Mm -hmm. one of the survivors but doesn't kill him and kind of escapes, the killer then like wipes the blood off the blade. Yeah, and that was Which is part of the gameplay as the the developer noted because that means like the, the killer can't like you can't keep swinging. You cannot butt That's mash. Right. That's anyway, right. go on. Go on what you were saying. Yeah, and, I, and I, I see that, and I also kind of, it was driving me a little nuts. <laughs> I, because right. it was part of me, just like, I just want to fucking get the yeah, job. That's not the way... That's, serial killers no, that's work. They, no, they no, have to no. wipe the blood off every exactly. time because they like to be sanitary. Exactly. Uh, that's not it at all. But uh, the one thing I did find interesting about that was that the the lunge attack was actually a great way to make up the distance. Oh. On whoever you were fighting against. So, like, if I saw somebody... And Are you a hunter from Left 4 Dead? A little bit. Okay. A little bit. There was There's a, a slight uh, disparity in the run speed between the survivor and the serial killer in this particular one, and it, he runs a little bit slower than the survivors. So in order to make up the distance, oh, okay, I use one you. of those lunge slashes to close the gap and then finish it off. That's cool. Uh, yeah, and this brings me to my big complaint about the game, which is it's really fun for the killer. It kind of sucks for the survivors. <laughs> Again, but they have to work together. Which, which, which is a worry for me in terms of public online playing with Bingo. strangers and and i bring up and i want to note i just brung up brought up uh, <laughs> I, brought brought up, up I think one of the best best ever uh just making strangers work together without having them in in a natural way which is left for dead right and and i feel like so few games have ever like really come to like sure what valve did with that uh and and this one I worry again will be like 
there will be a few teams of survivors who are all on, you know, on, on Discord or TeamSpeak or whatever and are talking to each other and have worked out strategies and you do this and you do that. Um, and they will survive and do well in the game. And then everyone else will be just... What is that? Why is that idiot other guy doing this? No, no, sure. come this way. We're supposed to go this. Clearly, you go this way, but why are you going over? Oh, God. all right. We're, you're dead now. Okay. I, I I totally see that as a problem, and I also see like the only one with all the fun toys is the serial killer. I, I and, will and note well. You know, one throwing things in the way of the serial killer looked pretty cool. That yes, that I actually thought like that the, was kind of cool. That the survivors can can sort of They're, mount over things right. much faster than the serial killer, which lets them have time to get away. That they that the the survivors can like monster. throw stuff down. Like, I, there was like a door yeah. or something like they like, ripped off and like it fell into you, in your yeah. way and it you feels like, like got a scene out of a uh, out of a movie. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Like this, we've seen that in movies where you know uh, you know scared teen is like just flinging like knocking over lamps and such in the way of of Mike Myers and to, to try to slow him down. It's it's a very competent and very fun bit that I played for right. that game, and I actually you'll see it in the video that we that we shot for it, and in the the interview that we did afterward. <laughs> um, I definitely got the sense that there's a lot of fun to be had with that game. I'm just worried because we 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 not too long ago. Had another game that came out that came that came up with this similar type of asymmetric. combat, asymmetrical, four on four v one or one v four combat structure. I think you all know which game I'm talking about. Evolve, boom shakalaka. Yes. And the problem is, is that I know the issues with that were bigger than just the fact that it was asymmetrical. Right. Asymmetrical yes. combat. I they're not really they're giving not us a sense right yet, now. Though. What the 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 problems with that style is not all solved. I feel yeah. I agree one hundred percent, and I think they haven't given us a very good idea of where this is going to, for lack of a better word, evolve towards. <laughs> In the no, I went there. Uh, but the the truth is, is like it has to have enough serial killers. It has to have. I think there has to be. <laughs> Just so, quick. We, yeah, we need we need as many. We need as There's many serial, serial killers as we can <laughs> find. <laughs> we'd like to put them all in a room together, and we'd like to put them in a circle, get them to sit down, and give them some orange juice, and hear their life story. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, what I'm actually saying is that we... My feeling about this is that, like... There's apparently there's a leveling system, there's a perk system, there's advantages and disadvantages mm. and things that you're going to get as both a survivor and as a serial killer. That sounds killer. even more problematic to me. I think it could be, but I also get the feeling that it will give variety to a game that felt a little variety. Fair enough on that. It just worries me that if you don't start playing the very beginning, then you'll be even more screwed. Sure, but I think it needs some sort of incentive system to play it at all. If there if there weren't any perks, if there weren't any uh, you know tiers of of survivor, I they didn't actually give me a name on what that stuff was. I feel like you need some way to be able to progress through. I think it's called prestige. 
Is prestige. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Can you do it several times yeah, and then yeah. start over again? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A higher difficulty. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and do you unlock weed uh, kind of badges for your... Anyway, go on. I love it. Um, yeah. I mean, again, I think... Personally, like you'll see from the interview we did with Matthew, who is just by far one of Hilarious. the coolest fucking developers I've ever interviewed. Just a cool guy. Like, yeah. I, you know, yeah. I just wanted to Ooh, fucking yeah. crack wise with him mm -hmm. like for the next hour. Like definitely one of those developers like I could have a drink with that man. No, I'm kidding. I, I mean that it's 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 great to see somebody who's that. Yeah, he was a hilarious completely off his rocker yep. and yet so dead like it's just smart and yeah oh god one of, like I, I instantly within talking to him for like two minutes i was like oh oh i'm gonna have fun interviewing yeah, you yeah i am going to have fun interviewing you sir and you are my final interview of the day yes. this is the greatest yes uh, and, and i had this is the literal best and i had walked into that little late and i didn't see that so you started out the interview going crazy, and I'm just like, what, what is Rob doing? Why is he saying this? And then oh, it's like uh, Mad Libs. Oh well, yeah, well, and then the way, then the way he, the developer Matt was it? It was Matt. Like, yes. Oh, I know. Okay, that's why Rob's talking that way because they're both goofballs. Bingo, bingo. Yeah. And the, yeah, so that was a know, fun one, and you guys definitely got to see that. When goofballs congregate, crazy will happen. Mm -hmm. That's basically how that works. And yeah, so we've got we've got video to show for that, and we've got that interview, and uh, we'll hopefully have. I mean, the hope is that we'll be able to show some of that on the Twitch stream uh, at some point. The game comes out in June, but there's some stuff going on in May uh, as a pre-release to it, and okay, hopefully cool. we'll be able to get that'd some be of great that. to get get into the beta because we that. would love to. Yeah, we would love if to show some one, of that, and I think there will definitely be more to see at that point. Like you know, it's it's more killers, more maybe more survivors, more more, more environments because sure. the environment was very interesting. But I would also, also I would love to see. So okay, so you you're putting people up on meat hooks and sacrificing them to the spider gods, but I would love to know if there's <laughs> as one stuff. does, you know, as you do on a you yeah, know yeah, random yeah. Saturday. Um, I would love to see like more environments and more things besides just meat hooks and meat cleavers. Right. Uh, more cliches. Exactly. No, I, I, I want as I want as many is references to as many 80s slasher films. Right. As is, like, there, is there a suburban What about block? my needs, Jason? Is there a suburban block or whatever, you know? And, exactly. And, and all that kind of thing. Exactly. One more game that I, I forgot. Sure. Move on that I, I'd forgotten that I'd looked at as well was uh, Flint Hook. Yes, this one, and we want to do a quick shout yep. out to our brother in arms over at Irrational Passions, uh, one uh, uh, Alex O'Neill, uh, who uh, fucking who told recommended us about to the, us. Yes, yeah, he did recommend this um, one to us, and and it, it was a fun game. I'm going to mention mm -hmm. some dirty words. Uh, that, but I feel like these this they work a little better in the context of this game. You it can't is. say those seven dirty words on radio. Procedurally generated. God damn it, those words. Okay. <laughs> um, um, what it is 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 you are a space pirate who is has boarded. You know the levels are basically these ships that you have boarded, and you're trying to steal their treasure, and eventually you like fight the boss or something like that. Mm. But it is a it is a side scrolling platformer with with a grappling hook that that is your that is the hook of the title Flint Hook. And the thing, the thing about it, and why I really enjoyed my time with it, was just the feel of it. The controls were really, really tight. 
Um, and even, particularly on the grappling hook, I've, there, I've played plenty of games with grappling hooks that are just don't seem to work quite right. You start, right. you start like flinging yourself accidentally into walls and, and, and such. This one... Bionic Commando. Yes, yes as an example. <laughs> um, and, the 3D one, the 3D one. Let's be perfectly, yeah. perfect, the 3D and, one. And, and, and various other ones. Uh, and, and this one just worked. Perfectly, it That's worked. Awesome. It was, it was, uh, and um, within a minute or so, like t- two or three minutes at the very beginning, I was trying to figure it out. Um, there's all these like kind of gold hooks hanging from the ceiling, in various different places, and that's what you you swing onto. And within a short time, like I was, I was fighting some kind of mini boss that was like these flying um, robot fly of dooms uh that were kind of chasing me around <laughs> and i am just like swinging from i am i am sh- uh, swinging to, from one hook to the other kind of flying or you know moving around you know singing swinging between the various different flies as i blast them with my gun uh as as there's like spikes and such below me i want to note so i cannot hit the ground in this right. specific fight and it was and it felt felt smooth it felt i felt like it was in control it was ex- it was excellent and they added they add you know more stuff in there just in just in case you're starting to get a little overwhelmed you have like a, a time slowdown power uh which so you're trying to line up a, a line up a difficult swing or difficult, you know, or, uh, or make just to kind of do cool Matrix-esque, I'm going to swing over here, and then these two guys, slow motion, blast both of them. Uh, 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 kind of fun. There is, um, there is loot in it. There is, there is like these secondary weapons. I, I didn't, I didn't play for very long, so I, I there is a, it seemed to have a bit of a kind of a, you know, Metroidvania-esque uh, in that you are, there is a little bit of a mini map. You're moving about different parts of the ship and you might come upon a part that's like a kind of a rock wall uh, or something that's blocking you. And then you go over somewhere else and you, you find a bomb and you can bring it over there and blow up that part. Right. Um, it was described to me that so what your main goal is to, again, to collect all the treasure and then to also defeat these enemies, which kind of powers, somehow it powers up a compass that you have that will then point you where the boss of the ship is. And then you, you take them out, and you then you'll, you'll level up, and you get to go to the next the next level, um, and get more more treasure and be more better more of a pirate. Uh, but it it was it no, looked cool. It, it was, pirates exactly, for me. and you know a, <laughs> I like space pirates. I fought them. Yeah, why not? I want to be one now. Why not? Yeah, it, the, the the feel was good. The it's combat, a good career move, Jason. I think, it's, um, I, think you have a sh- I think you have a shot going to space right away. <laughs> Deliver us the moon. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, wish, I'm not a okay. space trucker. I'm a space pirate. Come on. <laughs> Come on now. I'll uh, steal the moon. I think actually that should, that brings us to a very good segue to the, the last segment of the podcast, which is we saw a shitload of packs, but we didn't see everything. We didn't steal everything. We we didn't steal everything. No, we we definitely were thinking about a couple of monitors, maybe a couple of controllers. <laughs> Disinfect them first, and then you know, maybe a couple of. Actually, there were a couple of PCs around a couple of the Nvidia and MSI and fucking. Uh, did you see some of those? I did some filming of some of these like no. ridiculous systems oh, that were like that were around. Tricked yeah, out like tricked out LED lights, like weird, Spinning like not whims. rectangular cases, but like. Pentagonal and they look like them, like the Astro Crag. Yeah, 
Yes, the that's ag- a reference. Did you just say the astro crag? Yes, the aggro crag. Ag- oh god! You, right. Okay, turn in your turn in your fucking eight, uh, 90s child right, card. Right. The, bring it bring it back. Just cool. give, I'm ripping it up as he's crying. The astro right now. Everybody, astro everybody, send crag. in emails. Make him feel better. Anyway, uh, yes, the astro turf. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not a piece of a mountain. Anyway, um, yeah, there we saw a shitload of stuff at the show, but there is stuff that we didn't see, and I'm a little curious. I know a couple of mine. I'm interested to hear yours. What are some of the things that you encountered at PAX but were unable to? I know there's Lawbreaker to start, but what are the things? Yeah, I mean, the the, the Super Daryl Deluxe. I mean, I, I wouldn't have minded. You know, I did not want to wait on the lines for some of those big AAA games. I wouldn't have minded playing um, the Gearbox game. Um, Bloodborne? Blood, not Bloodborne. Oh, Battleborn. Battleborn, yeah. I wouldn't have minded checking that out. You know, wouldn't have minded checking out Gears Battle, of War 4. I mean. Battleborn, Battleborn is in open beta. Is in so open beta. You should okay. be able right, to download it and play it when you that. get back home. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, and um, I'm really blanking on names now. The Suda 51 game. Let it die. Let it die. That would have been cool. Yeah. That would have been. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know if there's any others, but I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. Um. Off the top of my head, I mean, well, there was like ones that 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 I'm mildly interested. In. I'm probably not going to be for me, but you know, Total War Warhammer was there, and that was, was it. Really? Yes, it was. I completely been, missed that. You know, it's, it's not exactly my style of game, but still, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see what the Total War guys who have traditionally done all these um, um, historical games you know, on on real history doing Absolutely. this kind of. Not real history. This fa- this fantasy world. I'm. You know. I'm. I will say I'm. Uh, this is gonna sound weird to say it this way, but I'm mildly excited by that because I haven't really mm. been interested in a total war game in a while because I just don't have the time well, in yeah. my life to commit to those. It's just like I can't yeah. play Civilization anymore because I just don't have the <laughs> hours in in my existence. Fair. But the total war games are great, and I. Just the sound of that sounds really interesting. So I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. I, I feel bad that I didn't even get the chance to see it. Right. Like I mean, for me personally, I'm way more interested in Warhammer 40k than Warhammer Fantasy. But, true fact. But you as know, am I. So that 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 stuff doesn't sell as well somehow. I'm a little bummed that I didn't get to play Shadow Warrior 2, although I did not play the first one, and I did not know that it was as well-received as it yeah. apparently was, yes. because I didn't know there was a second one coming out. Yeah. Uh, there goes my street cred. But honestly, <laughs> like, it looked really good, except when I saw people playing it, there was a bit of a frame rate issue. Wow. But I, I don't know, like, I think they, I don't think they were playing, I don't think they were playing like a PC version. I think it was mostly console version. Okay. Whatever they were playing. But I mean, it looked good. It looked like something I could totally get behind. Um, I am amazed that Divinity Original Sin 2 was on the floor. Yeah, so we didn't get to look at There's that a game you cannot get in anything out of in 15 minutes <laughs> whatsoever. But would have been cool to check that out. Um, I, I one game, um, and Rising Storm Vietnam was on there. I didn't want to wait for the ooh. line for that, but it was it's a, a um, it's Tripwire does Killing Floor. But I also think I'm trying to remember what was that World War Two game. World War II or World War One? World War Two. It's um, I am I'm really blanking on. It. I feel terrible, I but it's um. Realistic, very kind of fairly realistic, not maybe to the level of Arma, um, 
um, World War II game that was very well received. I'm going to look it up and find out. Uh, but they, I know that that had a, a DLC kind of expansion pack called Rising Storm that was um, was was set in the Japanese, uh, you know, the, the the Pacific theater of um, of World War II. Anyway, this cool. one. I'm not sure why they've now dropped the first part of the name and why Rising Storm, Vietnam. I'm not exactly sure about that, but it, right. for a little I could see it It looked interesting to me, and I would, I've enjoyed other Vietnam games I've played, so, you know. Uh, wow, that was a big, long pause there. Anyway, um, what other Vietnam games? I, I didn't Battlefield enjoy it. Vietnam. Yes, I did. There we, <laughs> what was it? There was another that was a good motherfucking game. There was another one I'm forgetting. Anyway, uh, go yeah. on. Um, or rather, okay, let me rephrase. I'd be interested in seeing more of those. Like, sure, and, 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 sure. And, I totally get that. A different, a different era, I guess. Absolutely. I'm, I'm actually surprised that there haven't been more. I guess it's a well-known conflict at this point, but it seems interesting to me that there haven't been more games that have tapped into... The Vietnam conflict in the in that way, or you know, alterna history it or whatever. But right, right. That's another podcast for another time. Anyway, like uh, a couple other things that I was a little disappointed that I get around to. Um, I you know I, I I part of me is a little bit excited for another Gears of War game, but most of me isn't. But I still would have liked to yeah, write it same here uh because i didn't absolutely i haven't pre-ordered it and i don't have the the legacy collection or whatever the hell it is um beta key access um i i have to say I, not seeing let it die was a bit of a bummer even though i don't really know that much about it um i definitely um, feel like um i would have gotten a kick out of pyre Yes, of course. Um, just the because super giant games I, who made Bastion and, and Transition, Transistor. Transistor, fucking hell, my brain is falling out my ear. Uh, made Transistor, and, you know, and the, the thing like they were done taking people at that booth at like a quarter to four, mm -hmm. like that's so they were they were showing a pretty sizable chunk. If they, you know, like let's say that's half true. hour, forty minutes, like right, that, right, that's true. That's a lot of game to show. And it's just that studio is doing a lot of great stuff. Um, and then I just wish I had a little bit more time to check out more at the Indie Mega booth. Like I feel like You're no right. matter how yeah. much time I spent there, and we walked around that booth a ton. Yeah. It's just there's so many games, games. With so and, many and developers, it gets overwhelming and you just lose the through line and, on everything and, that's there. And every year I feel like people get more and more excited about it. I spent, I, I mentioned how I saw a lot more games than I played because there'd be this giant crowd around almost every booth. And I'd watch and that's super exciting. And I feel like I would get it, get an idea. I could look at what other people were excited about. And there's another one next to it. Oh, that looks cool too. And when I get a chance actually to, to sit down at the, at the, at the keyboard or the controller, um, to, to correct what I said before, um, so Rising Storm. There it is. Vietnam. Rising which, Storm. And, uh, this is Rising Storm 2, colon Vietnam is the new game. Right. Rising Storm was the kind of expansion pack to Red Orchestra. Too. Orchestra. That's what I, right. I could not remember the name of that. Yeah, anyway, so Red, Red Orchestra, the first one came out in 2006, uh, but Red Orchestra 2 was kind of a, a bit, you know, a hit and was... 
highly realistic. I played I played a I played a decent amount of it. I and I definitely enjoyed myself. I think I played on the less realistic mode of it, which mm-hmm. was still still had, you know, you you're not going to run and gun. You're not going to you're not going to Call of Duty that that game at all. Anyway, and I played I think even I played the Rising Storm expansion pack for Red Orchestra 2 and they both were maybe a bit hardcore for me, but I was enjoying what I was doing, even though I was dying frequently. I was, this is, this was something totally. I, could, I, something I could, I enjoyed a bit and I could understand why other people really would get into. So I uh, would have loved to see that, but there was a huge line for that. So I think it is pretty telling when you see how many studios were at PAX this year, Sure, just how big of a footprint the indie mega booth and like, they had a second booth, the the uh, mini, indie booth. mini booth. Yeah, and there was yeah, mm-hmm. and there were like ten games in there, and something like fifty games across the whole area, and below was in there, which was crazy. Had tons of these. Uh, yeah. And it's and I I I I think there's just it's it's a great great time for video games, and it's awesome that they get center stage at a thing like this. To, to show off and and to put it out in front of people without any like go between right uh, and and people just get to play it and check it out do you like it do you not like it it was definitely you know I remember the first year I came to PAX I was all about like just seeing anything anything that I thought was on my mind anything that I thought was in the public consciousness anything that you know was was there that was what whatever this triple A tier thing it's like put me in front of the games mm-hmm. right. and now we've reached a point where it's just like oh there's you know Xbox here and PlayStation here and this over here and this over there Capcom's over there with Street Fighter I want to go see these indie mm, games mm, mm. and it's still a rough patch where not everything is going to be like the most amazing game you've ever seen nope. and sometimes there's going to be some overlap mm. but <laughs> damn sometimes you can walk into those booths and just get surprised and end up talking to andy schatz exactly and i think that's anyway, where we're going to leave it tonight i think so that's been a pretty fucking amazing show and mm. uh unfortunately we're not going to be there for day three um, because we're gonna be flying back to New York City, and we got to process through all the fucking shit that we've gone through up to this point. Right. Uh, but we're gonna start pounding that stuff out uh, Sunday afternoon, probably posting Sunday evening, mm-hmm. and getting that stuff up through the rest of this week. Hopefully, we'll have the majority, if not all, of that content posted to Game Crashers and stream it to Twitch and up in article form on GameCrashers.net uh, this week as mm-hmm. soon as possible. And uh, Jason, I want to thank you personally for uh, everything that you've done. Sure. Uh, as you have done in the past, beautifully for Game Crashers I, and and helping us. I am us. gorgeous. Yes, you are absolutely <laughs> indeed. You not as not as handsome as Austin Wintery or Andy Schatz. No, that's true. They they, they are without uh, competition. Peer, yes. yes. Uh, but themselves. no, seriously, like we, you know, the, what you're gonna see. What you guys are going to witness uh, going up, I could not have done without this fantastic man. So, a mm. uh, little round of applause. Little, Thank just you a tiny round. We don't, we don't want to go into your head, of course. Of course not. Uh, but definitely always fun to do this show with you, mm-hmm. buddy. And uh, I just, like, all I can say is I, I am very... <laughs> I thought 2015 was something 
2016 is turning out to be double double plus something good <laughs> to use the Orwellian vernacular. Mm. And holy shit, I, I'm I'm just excited. I'm just I'm walked out of PAX just excited. Mm -hmm. And that's great because God knows the funk followed out with me. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the, you just open the oh, you open the door to the Boston Convention Center and just like the fresh air gets sucked in all of a sudden it gets repelled <laughs> by by the 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 the, the funk that travels around the hall. Although I think... And by funk, Twitch, we mean like, you know, horns and... I think Twitch handing out... I think Twitch handing out the deodorant helped. Yeah, I used some of that this morning. <laughs> I smell great still. Exactly. All right. I can't smell right now. Anyway, guys, that's going to do it for us here. Um, this episode of the Crashcast, Crashcast Episode 7, PAX Day 2 Edition, PAX East 2016. That's going to do it for us here in Boston. Next time you hear from us, it'll be on the Twitch channel on twitch.tv backslash Game Crashers uh, or on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com backslash Game Crashers blog. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Game Crashers or my account at GC Darkside Rob. We'll be posting a whole lot of stuff between now and next Friday for the return of the official Friday Night Random Cast this upcoming Friday. It'll be in May. I don't have the exact date in front of me, but it'll be Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, there will be a PAX uh, sort of look back yeah. cast from We've got me. a couple of Steam, Steam codes for you to, to, to work through for some of these games. Oh, absolutely. We'll be highlighting some of the games. But when I get back into the city, and I think it'll just be me doing it, I'll be doing some uh, post-PAX casting uh, by the time you hear this. So it'll probably be Sunday night. I don't know when, but Sunday, Monday, there'll be, definitely be some post-PAX video gaming on the Twitch channel. Uh, so that's going to do it uh, for us here from PAX East. Thank you so much for listening, and we appreciate you guys always liking the uh, SoundCloud file or downloading the iTunes link and uh, leaving a little review on that. And now my brain has completely shut down and come to a complete stop, so I think I'm going to end this here by saying, for Jason Perini, I'm your host and master of ceremonies, Darkside Rob. Rob James saying keep playing those video games stay safe everybody and thanks for listening to all of our PAX East content and stay tuned for more great stuff till then peace out